Section 21 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Link Wilfley. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. The Leopard as a Killer of Men. 1. Twice twenty years ago or more. Not long ago I read in Indian papers about a leopard in central India which had killed about 173 men and women, and the carcass of which showed forepaws and chest muscles of unusual size. It had almost the front of a tiger, wrote one of the scribes. This was exactly the description of another of the same kind, which was told me about 1888 by Colonel Bingham, then conservator of forests for the eastern division of Burma. He beguiled the long evening in a rest house on the fringe of the woods by telling me the life story of a man-killing leopard in central India, which I believe he had hunted there about twenty or thirty years before. It made the hours and minutes hand in hand go by, so light that it was long, long after our usual bedtime before we thought of looking at our watches. If he had been the common storyteller, I could never have kept awake, much less forgotten to note the time. He was a man of accurate and scientific tastes and great knowledge of natural history, and best of all, one of those rare, comfortable souls who are more interested in things in general than in themselves. This makes accuracy almost easy, and modesty comes without an effort. We discussed at length the question whether that leopard had been a cross between the leopard and the tiger. The reports about it made Bingham think it must be so, but the post-mortem upon it, at which I think he assisted, made him dubious, for to his surprise he found its markings purely leopards, and the only difference between it and common leopards to be its size, especially in front. After all, I said, the size is the chief difference between leopards and common cats. Bingham agreed, and I found he was still of the opinion that lions and tigers, leopards and jaguars, are all more nearly related than at first sight appears. He had been, as I then was, sanguine about getting evidence that they entrebred, and while telling me he had never succeeded, thought another might. Indeed, it should be known that the chief difference between lions and tigers is the lion's way of wearing his hair. The difference in bone and muscle is less, much less, than there is between varieties of domestic cats, and it is easy to exaggerate the specific importance of color. I know a worthy Dutchman, Mr. Heicht, who told me he acquainted Charles Darwin with an interesting accoutrement of a lady leopard in Holland. She brought forth at a birth kits black and white such as the naturalist had till then classified as different species. Darwin was delighted at the news. The best part of our talk, however, was about the leopard's adventures. Bingham was not a man to forget that the carcass cut up after death is not the leopard. It is merely a confused conglomerate of hide and flesh and bones and teeth and claws drenched in blood. Such things are the mortal remains of the leopard, but its spirit the fire of life that made it terrible, that great reality, whatever you call it, has fled away on the wings of the wind. So fled the spirits of its victims. Its fleshy garment lies before you as helpless as ever were theirs, 
as harmless as if it had been a sheep. It was a little playful kitten in the forests not long before it became a terrible killer of men, for its tribe crows fast. It took to killing as its trade, like a fish to water. Its mother taught it nothing else. When her milk ran dry, she taught it how to flesh its baby fangs, and under her kind, encouraging maternal eyes it grew up big and strong, and then it left its mother's lair to feed itself and live alone. There is something thrilling in the strangeness which such separation brings. The cat is a tender mother, but she soon forgets her children. A few months after parting, if this leopard and its mother met in the woods, they would glare at each other like strangers without recognition. If you doubt this, study your civilized domestic cats, especially when they're hungry. The matter is not doubtful. This does not mean that the leopards eat each other. As hawks do not peck out the eyes of hawks, so leopards seek for tenderer beef than that of leopards. Besides, their single aim in life being to satisfy their appetites cheaply, to risk a scratch would be bad business. So they compete in the woods exactly as mercantile firms do in the city, each grabbing all it can. They generally die of starvation, but see nothing odd in that. They have faced starvation all their lives, and even when the mother leopard comes to Perisot, there is no bitterness in her heart at the thought that it is her multitudinous kittens that have made food scarce. She has forgotten them. They have passed out of her mind completely, like the shadows of the clouds that pass across the surface of a mountain lake, and go by and leave no sign. End of section number 21. Recording by Link Wilfley.